Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Kingsley rolls to the boys, back to Kingsley. Carlson twice, no, oh, no, effort. No, 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 Kingsley magic! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. We are now on part two of our double episode with former Hearts player Gary Mackay. If you've not yet listened to part one, please go back and play that one first because we are continuing a discussion with Gary. If you have already listened to part one, which is available on all the usual podcast apps as well as our website, then just stick with us. and We'll continue our chat with Hearts record appearance holder in just a moment. You're listening to uh, Scarves Down the Funnel brought to you in association with Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs who have been creating uh, print solutions and sign solutions since the 1950s. We are talking to former Hearts player Gary Mackay. Um, now, we've spoke a lot about your playing career with Hearts. Um, we've got a message here from Eric Kennedy who says, first of all, tell Gary my lucky number is eight because he was my favourite player growing up. He was a great player for Hearts. But can you ask him why he never stayed in the game uh, as a coach or manager? And that was after, obviously, you had a brief stint with Airdrie as manager for one season after you retired. Um, was there a reason you decided not to to carry on after that in, in a coaching or managerial sense? Well, I think at first team level, yes. I, I think uh, I felt that the experience I'd had at Airdrie uh, wasn't something that I particularly enjoyed and, and didn't want to leave myself open to. And, uh, it's quite a tough time, though. They were experiencing a lot of issues financially, weren't they, back then? Oh, they were. And, and then Steve Archibald came in, and then it all changed when the Spanish guys came in. And, and that was the way they went. But there was no communication about that. And I'm not, again, when you, when you talk that people would be respectful, but that didn't happen. And that's maybe me thinking too much into it. Uh, but I have, in a way, I would like to think I have, in a way, been involved in coaching, you know, and I was involved mm-hmm. with Calder Boys Club, I've been involved with Tyne Castle Boys Club, and uh, at this moment in time I'm helping with, with West Linton and uh, Salveson Boys Club. I mean, Tyne Castle Boys Club, the team that we uh, we went to Canada with, uh, when Dougie Dalwish took the, the team across there, Callum Patterson was a, a big part of that team. Okay. Uh, and uh, so I worked with Callum for five, six years with the Tyne Castle Boys Club before uh, and there was guys that came in there at 15, 16 and they I gave Callum a, a lot of uh, early stage development he needed but uh, two guys, Raymond and Derek Wales came in at 15, 16 and they took Callum up to another level that allowed Callum to go in and have the uh, professional career he's had. I mean, it, it's, it's good that you mention 
obviously the boys clubs you're working at there. I mean, Salveson, you obviously came through there. I think there was the likes of mm-hmm. Dave Bowman, Robbo, mm-hmm. Kevin Thomas, I think Callum Elliott possibly mm-hmm. down the what? line as well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, Lee Wallace as well. Is, yeah. Do you feel it's quite important to have these to have involvement in these clubs and for these clubs to keep going? These clubs that can obviously act as feeders to the likes of Hearts, Hibs as well, but obviously from our perspective, mainly Hearts. I I have a a wee issue if I was being honest, Laurie, that I think boys clubs are more important than professional clubs, not just in Scotland, all over feel they are. I think for peer relationships, for developing friendships, you know, I think boys clubs, I don't think children who go to, if it takes hours, for example, at six or seven, should then be approached to go and sign with professional clubs at 11 or 12. I, that's just my own feeling because I I think at that age, yes, it's football's competitive, but it's also fun. When you're representing a football, a professional football club at 10, 11 or 12, if the fun's still there, all credit to the coaches and the guys that are running it, I don't, I'm not convinced that is always the case. And, I'm, and that's not one club, I'm talking about Scottish football in particular in general, that uh, the amount of kids that are with professional clubs is crazy in relation to the amount of kids that then come through at, at 16, 17, 18 and, and I, I sometimes feel that it's maybe the parents that need educated a wee bit about letting their children find their level. You know, I was in hall, I mean, I was in honeymoon there Teddy Sheridan was, was there at the, in the same hotel. And I then, I was trying to reflect and I thought, if I was being realistic, where would I put myself in relation to Teddy Sheridan? And some people will say maybe 10 levels below. If I was being realistic, I would probably think I was maybe between two and a half and three and a half levels below Teddy Sheridan, who was a Champions League winner. And that's maybe being kind to myself maybe not I don't know difficult I'm in different positions I mean people people can people can look at the achievements in the game Mark if you know you know and, and, and yeah but there's backup goalies Gary that have won loads of league titles and never played a game so I, I know I know what you're saying um, but, I, but I, that I do feel within professional football I think that Unfortunately, that's had an impact in the boys' clubs. Uh, and if you feel as a professional club, you will you will always give that child an opportunity to become a professional. Well, if they're coming into training with you once or twice a week till they're 14, and then there's a decision being made. I think when we're deciding the futures of young boys and girls, but young boys mm-hmm. in particular, at eight, seven, eight, nine-year-olds and they've only been with a boys club for a year. I think that's quite difficult. And that's maybe old-fashioned of me, but that's just the way I feel. Let's talk Save Our Hearts. How did Mm. your involvement come about? I I think just because the guys that I knew, Fergie, Ian McLeod, Dougie Master, and people like that, Stevie Anderson, they they were guys, and and you were laughing about it earlier, they were guys that were never, they never ever got the opportunity to represent our famous football club. And, and I had, and I felt it was, 
I had to take it upon my shoulders to do as much as I possibly could to support the work that they were doing. You know, I didn't I didn't for anything. I supported the desire of these guys to make sure we still continue to have a football club. Mm. What are you most proud of? Whether it's your involvement or Save Our Hearts involvement that makes you the most proud? I, I think I think probably going to every game, Mark, you're, you're proud that we still retain Tyne Castle and, and what Tyne Castle is all about. And that's maybe because Betty Ball Green went to Tyne Castle, looked over the fence watching the, the, the Drew Busbys and the Jim Browns and the, the Ralph Callahan's training at school. And, and, and Tyne Castle has always been the home of hearts. And, and I... I can't, I didn't want it to be and never ever wanted it to not be the home of our famous football club. Mm. You never really saw eye to eye with the late Chris Robinson. How did that come about? And do you remember what the first thing was that you thought, no, we're, we're very different here and I don't agree with what he's trying to do? I, I, I think a lot of the things that Chris done in the initial stages were for the right reasons. I think, unfortunately, uh, things run away with herself financially and and Murrayfield was used as a vehicle to try or I looked upon it as it was going to be used as a vehicle to try and rid us of our debt because we were going to sell Tyne Castle so that was the, the main the main reason because I mean when you when you play against people of the standard of David Prova and, and, and Paul McStay and, and the Paul Gascoins and the Brian Lowdrups and they talk about how atmospheric Tyne Castle is, would we ever, ever been, have been able to repeat that in a stadium like Murrayfield? I doubt it. And, and I didn't want that for our famous football club and I didn't want it for the players that were going to follow in the, my own footsteps of having graced the turf at Tyne Castle. Mm. Well, moving on to Vladimir. I am sad that Chris passed, because Chris, I think, fundamentally, was had the, 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 the right thoughts for Hearts initially, and it just ran away a wee bit, and I do pass all my sympathies to his family. With better guidance, could it have worked better for Chris Robinson? Because, ultimately, when he set his mind on going to Murrayfield and selling Tyne Castle, mm -hmm. if he'd been advised better, and we've since proved we're still at Tyne Castle, it was possible. If he had better advice, could that have been a happier ending? In, in all walks of life, hindsight's a great thing. I, you would have, that would have been the perfect scenario. But in Unfortunately, is there ever a perfect scenario with our football club? I'm never sure if there ever will ever has been or ever will be. Would you uh, listened either? That's the other thing. Well, and, 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 but when you're in that position, it's maybe sometimes difficult to listen because you sure. have you've got that view and you think that's the right view. We felt very strongly as a group uh, that that wasn't the right way forward, and and unfortunately from our perspective. We've, we've been proved to be correct. Vladimir Romanov. It was the <laughs> it was the right time for him, but was he the right guy at that time, given everything 
that happened. How do you feel about the part that you and other Hearts fans, all of us, played in welcoming someone into a football club because he was the only alternative? And then fast forward the clock and he nearly killed the football club. How does Mm -hmm. that make us feel? Well, I, I think it's easier to talk about it because he didn't kill the football club. He was very close to it and he made some unbelievably bad decisions, probably decisions that were maybe even worse than uh, the decision that Chris was looking to make. But it brought a bit of success uh, and we can't forget that. Uh, he didn't, he, he had no patience in a lot of things and he, he did he did make a lot of what rumours but I the, the one thing about Hearts was more and I mean Wallace talking about it years ago about always being uh, on the not only being on the front page the back page also being on the front page we were we were on every page at some at one point uh, during uh, <laughs> That's true. when we were train. absolutely and and it was a roller coaster and fortunately for us, that roller coaster moved on to one of the most solid times that I can remember from being a youngster supporting the club to playing for the club to then following the club, being ambassador and so on, as we have now. Because the, the footing that we're on now, which has been generated by the Foundation of Hearts, who have done a, a wonderful job. Uh, uh, it, it, it gives us a, a solid base going forward for, for the, the youngsters now who love to wear maroon. I'm going to take you back. I couldn't um, not uh, mention this, given we've talked about Mr. Romanov. Um, okay. Now, this is, for those who maybe don't remember the era as much, you would get statements from the Hearts Board of Directors. <laughs> However... <laughs> Statements which were effectively from one person. So this is 24th of June 2011. I won't read the whole thing, but it says the Hearts Board of Directors has issued the following statement in relation to outside influence on players in the club. I won't go through everything, but it comes to one part where it says, over a short space of time, four players at our club have been on the wrong end of the law. We note that three of them are represented by the same agent, (laughs) Gary Mackay, who has been so vicious in his attacks against Mr. Romanov. Um, It goes into some more stuff some another diatribe about lots of other things and at the end it says the task of the club is to tear these kids out of the hands of criminals um now um you you must you you must probably you must react now from what i can hear you react to now is what you probably did back then which is you you can only laugh can't you it just it seems ridiculous now looking back and it, it actually seemed very ridiculous at the time as well it's like Trump calling someone dishonest. But, but it is in a way, Laurie, it's when when you're the person that's making these decisions and, and you're and you've got the power to make the decisions he was making, as a lot of guys in football have when they have a power, it's easier for them then to talk negatively about others who don't have that same power. And unfortunately, and, and I was chatting to Lucky about this the other day, and I've spoken to Cabell many times over the years. When you have, when it, when it is about the football club that we all love, if I feel that I have something to say, I will say it, 
I will always make sure that if I am saying it, that if Robbie Nielsen wanted to sit down with me, or even if Craig Levine had a wanted to sit down with me when I was critical of him, I, I know that anything that I say, I will sit with anybody and discuss. And I, if they think I'm wrong, I'll put my hand up and say, right, you have a point. That, for me, is what being a fan is all about. And ultimately, I've been a fan twice. I've only been a player once. So, you, you know, so you, that is just... You go and kick back, and I don't. I, I only read things and kick back. And I look at different names, and the guy Martin, Martin, and I think, he's a real jamble. And I'm not sure. You know, it doesn't matter to me if he liked me or a player, didn't like me as a player. I can tell by how he posts that he has a genuine feeling for our football club. And that's massive, because that is what has allowed us to get to where we are at this point in time with the support of Foundation of Hearts and uh, the board of directors we have at the football club at present. I'll, I'll lighten things a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to t- I'm take this back, actually, because this, pod- <laughs> this podcast has been going for um, almost four years now. Now, back in one of our early episodes, back in November 2018, uh, episode 10 of this podcast was titled <laughs> Me, My Wife, and Gary Mackay. Um, that, that probably sounds quite strange to you, Gary, when I read it out. That was the title of this episode. Um, <laughs> He's won a bit more info here. The, the, reason, more. the reason, now, the reason was we were asking about... Um, I think fans had been giving us uh, stories about when they'd bumped into players outside of football. Right. And Ewan Fleming got in touch with us. And I don't think we ever got to the bottom of this any further. So you might be able to <laughs> shed some light on this almost four years later. And Ewan said, Gary Mackay once rang my doorbell to deliver flowers to my wife. Saying that sentence screws me up to this very day. <laughs> Do you remember why you were delivering flowers to you and Fleming's wife? Absolutely not a clue. Not a clue. <laughs> uh, wow. I, I don't know. I, was I was I working as Hearts ambassador at the time? Was I doing something? Was it on behalf of the club? Was there something like that? I have no idea. I would, oh, love, well. I would love you and Fleming to tell us. Oh, I'll see if I can find out. I'll see what, I, I need to try and dig it out and find out. Oh, um, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I know... I know with what, I mean, you know yourself, Laurie, with, with what Lockie does in the position that he holds just now, and I know some of the things I, I've done as a Hearts ambassador and so on, that there, there, it can be, there's some crazy things that you're asked to do. I don't think I handed over a bunch of flowers at somebody's front door is that crazy, but there are things that you're asked to do as an ambassador <laughs> and so on, you know, and then what Lockie's done, I mean, I think Lockie's slept outside and Prince, you know, in Princess Street Gardens, you know, with the homeless and so on, and 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 I, and I, I, I love my heart to him because when you're when you're talking about somebody that, you know, when you look at who loves the people that love, who have a great affiliation in this football club, the testimonial that's just been granted and is just finishing is as is as, as, as much deserved the testimonial as has ever been given at our football club. Mm. I want to ask you, Gary, about your health, because when you and I did the games um, every week and you were also doing boys club football, taking taking kids, and it was a very worrying time when you collapsed. 
And ultimately, you needed a, a second collapse, a second fit to be diagnosed with epilepsy. So how has that kind of gone over the years with your health? And, uh, and hopefully everything's okay now and under control? Yeah, it, it seems to be, Mark. Yep, I, I was, I'm down for three tablets a day to one tablet a day. Uh, and uh, I was able to, I've been driving for a, a few years now because I went past that point and was able to go and uh, drive again and the doctor cleared everything. So I, I'm in, I'm in great health and, and I think being in great health is also buoyed by the fact that every time your, your team wins and has a, a performance like we did last Thursday and like we did in, in, in the weekend because it's such a part of all our lives and, and we are, you're, you know, supporting any football club, but supporting a club as special as ours is a roller coaster, absolutely no doubt. How much of a roller coaster is being an agent? Because you were a representative for some top players, including mm-hmm. Gary O'Connor at Hibernian mm-hmm. and Lee Wallace. Yeah, uh, I mean, and Gary, I loved my time working with Gary or for Gary, and also, uh, and, and, and Gary chose when he went to uh, Birmingham City to, to, to move agents. I'd done his deal across to uh, Moscow and allowed me to visit Moscow where I'd never been and, and seen Russia, and, uh, and it was enlightening. Uh, and he's, I have nothing negative to say about Gary at all. It was his choice to move agents. Uh, Lee Wallace. Lee Wallace uh, has a, a backbone and a spine and a, a, a morality and that about him that say hopefully will stand him not only just in good stead going forward in life, but hopefully within football coaching and football management because uh, I, he, he's a special individual, Lee Wallace. And, and I can and you maybe never heard this one, Laurie, and I can only share it with you. I went, we went, but hearts were selling Lee, Laurie. We, I went through to Ibrox and uh, I was sitting we were chatting about his contract and Ali McCoy said, can I take Lee and show him round? During that time, Jez Moxie, who was in oh, yeah. Wolverhampton Wanderers, mm-hmm. and he says, Gary, he says, just to say, we've matched the bid that Rangers have put in. He says, we would love to talk to you and your client uh, about coming down and, and seeing the facilities here. I says, Lee's out just now, Jez. I says, he's out uh, with Ali McCoy having a look around the stadium. I will mention them when they come back. They walked in and I says, Ali, just, he says, ah, who is it? I says, what rules? I says, I need to chat to my client. And Lee Wallace says, what do you you doing? I'm signing up for Rangers. Hmm? And that's when I, that's, you know, that's when you know, you, you got a feel, you know, you just have a, a belief in, in that individual. And, and Lee is, uh, I just hope, I hope he's, football and career is matched with the coaching and, and management that he hopes to win 10 years, years to come. Forrest Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk Is your football career done? Is my football career done? Yes. Any associate, yeah. Maybe a fan. No, I mean, I, I, I love looking after youngsters. I, I, I love guiding them a wee bit. I love the coaching of the youngsters. And uh, I'm, I'm wanting to get involved as much as I can with Salveson to give something back. Uh, we're going to run a, a sportsman's dinner where 
George McNeil, again, harking back to that uh, involvement that him and Bert Logan had when the, the, the fitness trainers for us. And Tam McManus, they're going to speak, and it'll be hosted by Scott Wilson. So we're going to do that on the, the, the Remembering Sunday at the, the Bainfield Bowling Club, and that's something that I feel is important, so I can raise a wee bit of money for Salvas and to help them going forward. Nice. We still see uh, uh, active in the, um, the the media circles as well, Gary. I think you said before we came on, not as much as used to, but mm-hmm. we get the articles from you. You were talking just recently about um, Hearts in Europe and, and Robbie Nielsen talking about mental fatigue after the Livingston game. Um, in terms of doing that side of things, is this just because you feel so passionate about Hearts? Because what you often do, and this is what anyone does who who comes and writes things in the press, especially if they're a former player who's a recognisable name, you will draw people who will disagree with you and that will obviously, I'm sure, get you a bit of stick now and again. But is it just something that you just like to wear your heart on your sleeve and you just enjoy, I guess, still being able to cover hearts and to talk about hearts and to write about hearts? Well, if somebody's asking your opinion, Laurie, I think if you can give it honestly and, uh, and not be biased in any shape or form, then, then you do it. Uh, and if I'm able to, if I'm able to back my, my comments up with, with my, my, my feelings, then that's what I'll always do, particularly when it comes to hearts. Uh, I'm not in a place that I, I want to fall out with people. I think as, as all supporters, we all have an, uh, an idea of how we think the game should be played. I have friends of mine that aren't Robbie lovers. I've got friends of mine that are Robbie lovers. If Robbie Nielsen is in charge of how in the book, or when he's in charge and how long he's in charge for, Robbie Nielsen will have my back in all the time. Because I know one thing about Robbie Nielsen is that he gives it off, gives off his best every day in, day out, because that's what he done as a player. And I mm-hmm. see that, as I said to you earlier, within management, and that's why we are able to bounce back from the poor run of results, because there is a there, there has to be a, a consistency of uh, training and the way they go about it to be able to bounce back the way we did. So Robbie, no, Robbie knows, and, and, and when I spoke to Robbie prior to him getting the job this time, uh, I said if there was ever anything I could do to help, all he needed to do was pick up the phone. He's never done that, and that wasn't for money. It wasn't. For, it was because I want part of the to succeed. Uh, and I want Robbie Nielsen to succeed first of all, but if he succeeds then Hart and Nobody will succeed In terms of Robbie Nielsen, interested to get your thoughts on him because a lot of fans you know, and look, we've been we've gone one way then the other on this podcast we'll be open about that, we felt there was a time where he wasn't going to be the right man for the job and, and, he, and he, the results were showing that, but things have very much changed and I think that's the same for the majority of Hart supporters, but I think something that's often aimed at him or what Hearts fans will have a gripe about is he won't be able to take Hearts forward to a certain level. And um, how far do you think Robbie Nielsen can take Hearts? Because he's still pretty young in terms of managerial sense. A lot will not just depend on how Hearts develop, but it'll also depend how Robbie and his coaching staff develop. You know, because personal development is massive in any walk of life these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and if and if they can continue to develop, then who's to say that they can? have a long and fruitful time with the club. I mean, the three guys that are there just now have all played at a really decent level. So they, they, they know the ins and outs of the game, you know, and he, he, I want them to be the best they can be. The, the one thing that, and 
we've touched on it already tonight when we're talking about Alec McDonald, and I know the game's changed. Occasionally, for me, Robbie tries to close shop when we're in front of the game, rather than, as others would do, making a more positive substitution to go on and actually take, put the game out of sight. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's just... Does that come because of Robbie having been a defensive-minded player himself? It maybe does. Who knows? And and if people, that's not. I'm not being critical. It's just me looking from the outside looking in. I thought at Easter Road, Josh Janelli could have been our final sub when oh, I can't remember who they took off. Just to put the ball in the corner and he chase it into the corner. He did take Boyce off. Boyce had to go off late, and then he yeah. brought Halliday yeah. on. Right yeah. before the end, I think it was the very uh, last I, sub. I, I don't know if it was Josh Janelli that he get used. I can't remember, but I just felt and, and there are times, but that's because Wall have Wall think Wall have to think we're the manager. Hmm. Robbie Nielsen is a man that Ann Budge is is put in charge, and not not just once, twice. So <laughs> she has belief in him, and ultimately, Ann Budge and the foundation he has now. Leanna was too critical with the results last year in the Cups but there, there have been reasons for that and that's because there was an instability within the football club at this moment in time we seem to be really really stable and when hearts are really stable and you've got 15,000 season 15,000 16,000 seasons ticket holders there will be a demand from the fans that will determine how we go forward as a football club because that's a massive amount of season tickets would you want to be on the Hearts board at any point? If you were asked to be part of a fan representation on the board of Heart of Midlothian Football Club, would that interest you, Gary? I think I would. I would. I couldn't possibly say it wouldn't interest me because uh, you know. You, I mean, it would interest me, but it's not something I'm actively looking for. No, I mean, I I, I withdrew from, I had to withdraw from the Foundation of Hearts when they first started. Uh, and, and people talk about who's done that one and who's done that, and uh, politicians and all that. The Foundation of Hearts were driven on by Alec Mackey and Gary Halliday, Brian Cormack, and one or two others. They will be the people that I will be grateful to for the rest of my uh, days because I know the work that they put in. I used to go in, and Alec Mackey would bore me senseless for four, <laughs> five hours at a time on a Thursday <laughs> evening. But he was so, everything was so particular that it had to be perfect so that we could mount the foundation of hearts and have it as an organisation. And all credit to him and Donald Ford then represented the, the, the ex-footballing side of it. Uh, and Donald was, was wonderful as well. So, uh, I mean, if, you, if you're ever asked to would I ever turn my back and ask, being asked to help out in the football club? Never. You mentioned a comment about um, Anne Budge. Um, there was a quote you had uh, towards Anne Budge, critical over mm-hmm. her blind faith in Craig Levine. Now, ultimately, uh, Craig left the football club. Anne is still there. Knowing you as I do, I take it there's no issue whatsoever between you and the current ownership of the football club. 
I don't, I'm absolutely no issue, no. I mean, uh, I was in the boardroom when I when Drew's fat, Drew Busby's family were there at, uh, at the, the weekend after he passed and he was, he was buried. So, uh, no, and, and Park and I are, we, we, we communicate a lot, you know, so no, I have, uh, no, I mean, I, will, I have total, total respect for what Anne Budge done. Uh, I like to think I played a small part in bringing her to the party, uh, but uh, because if you're, when you're talking about Alan Ray earlier on, mm-hmm. his testimonial, do you remember who sponsored Alan Ray's testimonial? You know? Was it Save Our Hearts? No, it was Newland Budge. Oh, okay, and his company. Uh, yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and, and I took Anne Flowers up the next day to thank her for the sponsorship because I was on Alan's committee uh, at Newland Budge. Maybe she didn't like the flowers that I gave her, I don't know. Oh, I, don't think, I don't think there's there's any issue whatsoever, Gary. I'm, no, ju- no. I, I'm just saying, as, as someone that's come out, yeah, of course, as someone that's, that's come out and, and being critical, look, we, we've, we've all been critical and... I actually, I, I'm in a position where I admire someone like you who will come out and say it. It might not always be the right thing. We've all said daft things in life, but you mm-hmm. can, sometimes you've got to choose between doubling down and admitting you're wrong. And if you know you're wrong, just admit you're wrong. But if you're passionate about something, and this is what you believe, if you take the passion out of you, you take the passion out of any of us as Hearts fans, we're not the same. So it's the honesty, and, and that's that's what I love, whether it's in the book, whether it's in the podcast, you might get things wrong. I've had plenty of things wrong. Laurie's had things wrong in the past, but never. You, you're you're never frightened to put your hand up and say, "I fucked up," and that's a that's a quality trait. We all have dodgy traits and and whatever, but that's a quality trait, and you can be proud of that one. When it's about heart and Modian, as I've said to you before, and and Ian McLeod, who's and who's been a guest on here, uh, I've spoke to Ian, and we've done. Q&As and kickback and things like that. I have, if anybody feels that there's some point that they don't like what I've said, tap me in the shoulder if I'm at Tencastle and say it and then we'll discuss it and maybe I will back down. I wouldn't think I would. But Depends I mean, how big they are. <laughs> nah, something. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of big players in their team, Laurie, but it didn't matter to us, did it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell you what, we'll go through. We've got some questions, and some of them do relate back to to play. And I know we kind of went past that point, but we okay. can we can go back. So Fletch said, um, "What was Gary's favourite match against Hibs?" Uh, probably that. Not at the time, but probably the four-one game. At yeah, was uh, mm-hmm. having scored against Andy Gorham, who was a wonderful goalkeeper. Then, then not, and then scoring the own goal. Uh, and then Harry Mitchell uh, had a house just opposite Edinburgh Zoo and Harry Mitchell had Mitchell roof in and, and, and Cabo and I went back to his house we celebrated in his house and then as we were walking home we were singing going past Edinburgh Zoo and I do believe there are a couple of hyenas that do know the tune of the heart song they maybe don't know the words but I'm convinced that night that they joined in with Cabo and I as we were walking home after that game. But every game at Easter Road that we won was wonderful, but the 4-1 game, and the Scottish Cup game was was a special day as well. Yeah, that was uh, 2nd of January 91 where you scored at both ends. Not many players have scored for in Edinburgh Derby's for both teams. Darren, Darren Jackson, 
has done it. Um, did did I, Michael Stewart get for both, Mark? I'm trying to remember. I've, I did Michael Stewart score for Hibs against Hearts? I'm not sure he did. He maybe not against. Maybe not against. It's all right to score for the opposition when you're already three goals up. <laughs> <laughs> That's very fair. Um, what else have we got? Uh, this is about the current team. So your opinion on the current team. Jambo Ryan says, who out of the current team do you think will go the furthest? And that's in terms of the highest level. Uh, as I've already said, the one I admire the most, uh, out with Craig Gordon, which is, is, is natural, uh, but the one I admire the most is Michael Smith. I think what I think Michael's made a real solid professional career, uh, and I think that you can see that the way that he goes about his game every every ninety minutes. Uh, I think if he allows his if he give, if he's given a bit of time, I think George Grant could be a top top football player uh, from okay. the middle of the park and a player that we probably are needing in that area because we have more kind of defensive types than him and I think he could be a top player. Do you see similarities between your game and his game, Gary? Uh, no, I, I, I never, I just, I just think, I, I don't think there's as many, you know, kind of Colin Cameron types in the game these days, you know, getting from midfield into the box. But I think George Grant could be one that could link up from there. Uh, and, and when Barry McKay does it, he does it differently and he, he plays a lot of passes through. I think George Grant actually wants to get in and, and finish. And, uh, and I think if, if we, we give him a little time, I think he could be a top player. Uh, Sonny Rocker asks, who was the best player you played with? Robbo was the best striker, the best all-round football player, the player that should have, would have went on to have uh, an absolutely top career. Okay, that's very that's that's very gets highlighted quite a lot with his defensive qualities. In terms, it's interesting talking about that. Craig Levine was sitting in front of me um, for the Motherwell game at the weekend, and I could hear him talking about Lewis Nielsen mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit. How how impressed have you been with Lewis Nielsen coming into the side? Still only nineteen. Um, any similarities with a certain Mister Levine? Well, I think I think he's he's footballing. His reading of the game and his football knowledge and the fact that uh, he can bring the ball out from the back. Uh, and, and again, I think Lewis Nielsen's probably fortunate. Uh, and I think Craig would probably say he was the same. Lewis Nielsen is fortunate that he has the Michael Smiths and the Stephen Kingsley's and the Craig Gordons round about him to, to help and support him. And Craig would have had the best next to him and Sandy Jardin. That allowed his game to develop to the, the level that uh, he got to. And, and unfortunately, it was... Uh, interrupted by injury. You mentioned the best player you played with. Am I right in saying that there's a guy called Safet Suzic from Paris Saint-Germain that would be up there in the best players you played against? Ah, I mean, Suzic was just a, ah, he was just on another planet before nothing game the first time we played in Europe uh, in uh, the part of the France. Ah, he was just, I think he was a, was he a Bosnian, Bosnian internationalist, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. Ah, Yugoslavia back at the time, yeah. Uh, the ball, uh, it was like a magnet to his feet. It was just, uh, and he had everything balanced, uh, go on either side, make passes, shots at goal, set pieces. Were right. uh, he was just a, a top top player. He was a, he was the best European player. But then you have to look back in Scotland. Tommy Burns was up there in Scotland, as was Paul Gascoigne and Brian Ludwig, who I mentioned earlier. I love it how you can, I know you mentioned Craig Levine as far as 
one of the best players you've played <clears throat> with. But as far as played against, these players you've mentioned, they're all similar types of positions to the ones that you probably played more often than not. Does that then give you more of a kind of understanding that that's why these are the best players because you know the position so well and you know how difficult it is to play? Yeah, and I, mean, and, and I, and I think when you... I think when you look at these guys, and then and then I also think of the you know the two guys that I was fortunate enough to play with. I mentioned Kenny Black earlier, and I think of Kenny Black and Neil Berry uh, and and myself when we played in the majority of the time. And Ian Jardine supported us as well during eighty five eighty six. I think for Alec McDonald and Sandy Jardine to actually identify us as a balance at that point in our careers was. Uh, was for me was in in hindsight is a, is wonderful because these two guys uh, were hugely hugely important to uh, the run that we had uh, during that season. Underrated players would they be up there, or is there someone who you played with that probably didn't get the recognition you feel that he deserved? These two would be up there. John Muller, John Muller would be up there. You know, John came from Dallas. Love John Muller. You know, and he was somebody that could he, he, he could he would he would compete, and he would also make sure he got in the box and and and, and create a goal or get a goal. Uh, so I these these guys, and I mean, and and Jim and Billy recognised it, and, and it was like Billy's son. I mean, people laugh we walk here about being Sonny Kai and having an eye, you know, and so and Billy Brown was like Stevie Fulton's dad, and and Billy Billy was like that because. He had so much faith in what Stevie Fulton could produce. And he was right. Stevie Fulton, with his left foot, and I know it's an overused phrase, could put the ball on a 50 pence. Absolutely immaculate left foot, Stevie Fulton had. You made uh, 640 competitive appearances for Hearts, 737 all in. Uh, John McKellar asks, uh, was the appearance record something you were aware of and had a desire to break? Um, and at what point did you really think it would happen? And did you ever have an eye on an even higher milestone? Uh, no, I mean, it wasn't, it genuinely wasn't something that I thought of because in football, you never knew what the next day was bringing, you know, and because our club was a roller coaster, I think the money in the Dundee United money, I think Hearts were maybe a wee bit behind that because they needed money at that time, Barry, but I knocked it on the head and it wasn't long after that Mike Galloway left. So, no, it wasn't, a, I never ever thought, oh, I need to beat this record, I beat that record. I, as I've said already, wanted to play for Hearts. I was very fortunate uh, to be injury-free for most of my career. Uh, was able to catch the eye of most managers and get in the team, even if it was in a position that I wasn't particularly happy with. Uh, would I like to have played more for Hearts? Aye, but you can't go on forever. Jim Jeffries made the decision when he made it, and in hindsight, it was the right decision at that time for Hart and McGogan. Maybe didn't he feel it for Gary McKay, but it was for Hearts. One final question, Gary, and thank you so much for, for your time. Mm-hmm. How do you want to be remembered by fans and supporters of Heart of Midlothian? I, I don't think you can possibly uh, see how you want to be remembered, Mark. I, mean, I, I think that's up to each and every individual because I, I will think of every individual that I've 
watch and hearts and think of them differently. So I don't think you can possibly say how you want to be remembered. How other people remember me will be how they want to remember me in hearts colours. And, and that's not something that I can impact on, you know. Uh, and, you know, the guy that I took the flowers to his wife, I mean, who, you know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe she was a hip supporter maybe because we, we, we beat them again I don't know uh, I, I think in my derby right, I think that, I mean I think that 21 I mean I, I, I do personally have great pride and I miss the fact that I never won a trophy but I think I have a deep personal pride uh, on being part of making hearts or allowing hearts to be Edinburgh's top team again after that a barren spell you played in twenty of twenty-two in a row, so um, you had your you had your place there. Only Levine and Robbo played more; they got twenty-one of the twenty-two each. But you played twenty of them, so yeah, you you did well over your fifty-two competitive games against Hibs. Four goals as well, and that's not even including the one that you scored for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and as I mean, football is it'll have us talking, Laurie. It'll have us yourself, Martin. You can go on and on and talk about it. I know that I've been very, very fortunate to represent the club I supported, very, and nobody can take that from me, and I would like to think nobody would want to take that from me. Gary, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, hopefully, it's it's been nice for you to to reminisce. It's a good time in your life right now, having been married and and, and the honeymoon and hearts doing well, and, and a chance to look back and and hopefully it stays like that, pal. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Thanks no very much, Gary. Thanks, Laurie. Thanks, Mark. You're listening to Scars Around the Funnel, brought to you in association with Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. That was our chat, our discussion, our interview with Hearts uh, legend, the man who's made more appearances in a Hearts jersey than anywhere else, 640 competitive games, 737 all in, Mr. Gary Mackay. And as you'd maybe expect, Mark, someone who wears his heart on his sleeve, um, died in the wool jambo, and uh, just a really great guy to have a discussion with. Yes. We set some, well, I set some ground rules when, when we did the book together. I said I would only do it with him if it was going to be open and honest and he said that's that's what I am he said you can read me like a book and I said look everything there, there can't be any questions because it, it's it's hard at times when you're ghostwriting you've got to you've got to become the person the way that they speak is the way that you write and I've told you the story before but Stevie Nicola used a word and I said Stevie I, I can't put that in the book he goes why I said because a lot of people probably think you don't know what that word means and I know you do, but I've got to be you when it comes to writing it. So we, I really enjoyed the sit-down, and nothing was off-limits with Gary. Uh, and, and the fact that he admits he's, he, he's, he's got regrets that his passion for the football club was to the extent it got too much and, and cost him his first marriage. That, that's open. That's honest. I mean, a lot of people would know that personally that that's happened, but wouldn't be wanting to have it in the public spotlight. But Gary is an open book. And I'm intrigued as to the perception of Gary Mackay among Hearts fans, because he's up there with with as passionate a Hearts fan as you or I, probably more so. 
Um, and, and anyone else out there, it's not Kiso, he's more of a Hearts fan than she is or, or whatever. But sometimes we all say daft things, right? And he's he's come out and whether it's been for a quick headline or, or whatever, that then gets thrown back at him. I just, I'm not sure with the way that Gary is perceived. I don't think Gary is perceived in as high an echelon as he should be for a player who has done as much for the football club. <laughs> Gary would give his last pound coin to Hart Midlothian Football Club. His life is the football club. I, I just think that some people, and I don't know who these people are, but I just think that some of them have made their mind up about him and are not willing to to kind of change it. Gary Mackay is as died in the wool of Jambo as you will ever find out, uh, ever find. And you heard it. You, you heard how open and how honest that he is. And I just hope that going forward, he'll be remembered as someone who played more times than anybody else for the football club. A record I doubt will ever be beaten, by the way, the way football is. And I, I just hope that Hearts fans in years to come, generations to come, look back and, and go, yeah, he, he was he was Mr. Hearts, or certainly one of them. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, our thanks to Gary for taking the time to join us and speaking so honestly about his time as a player and obviously his different interests since as well. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed as well. If you want to give us any feedback, you can get in touch on Twitter at Around the Funnel, or you can also email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk Now before we go this week we've all got a game to preview um, as you're aware international weekend we're going to be back again next week before Hearts next game against Rangers now next week we're doing something different we spoke about this before we've put it on social media as well next week we're doing our first phone-in style show so this is Scarves Around the Funnel No Idle Talk now this is giving you the listener the chance to speak to us on this phone-in style show. This could be to ask a question, um, obviously hearts related, or maybe you want to bring up a topic. So anything, anything hearts related you want to chat about, um, we can give us, we're going to call it a call, but realistically what we're going to try and do this through is via a Zoom call, which is how we conduct our podcast. So um, if you want more information about how you can get on, just email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk and let us know and we'll get back in touch with you before next week to let you know um, how it will work. And we're hoping this gives you a chance to be involved in the podcast and maybe bring up some other topics and And I'm, I'm quite looking forward to how it will work because it's good to get some new voices on and it's always good to to hear from, from the fans. And obviously we get lots of tweets from you and emails and this actually gives you the chance to come on the show effectively regardless of whether it's positive, negative, whatever. No no issues yeah. with that. As long as it's clean. As long as it's clean. Yeah. So you want and to take umbrage with something that, that we've said, if you want to talk about how things are, are going, yeah. at least we know next week there, is, there isn't a result this weekend that's, go, that's going to get in the way. We are what we are now, and we will be like this. There'll be no further Hearts games played between now and when yes. we do that one as well. So I think we I think it's a good time. To, to do it. Um, I'm actually keen. And look, life is all about opinions. And it's boring if everyone is of a same opinion and everyone's a happy clapper. I, many years ago, um, got offered the job as 
sports editor. I haven't told anyone this. Sports editor at Radio Clyde. I was working freelance, doing some gigs for Sky Sports News. I was writing various other things as well. And it was always something that I grew up at Radio 4 thinking I would love to be the Radio Clyde sports head one day. So I had a, a discussion in Glasgow with the bosses at Radio Clyde and I was offered the job. And not only was it sports editor, I would be hosting Super Scoreboard, their nightly phone-in show for Rangers and Celtic fans, in essence, to moan about Celtic and Rangers fans and the opposition team. It just didn't sit right with me. Um, and ultimately, I, I, I turned it down. So I, I have no issue with dealing with opposite opinions. I think it's important. I mean, <laughs> the world we live in, we can't all be one way. I mean, over here, it's, life is pretty much you're either that or you're that. And it's it can be hard at times. But uh, to stifle someone's opinion if they if you if they don't agree with you, I totally I'm not for that, and that's why I'd be happy to hear from people who want to to discuss next week who are still not convinced by Robbie Nielsen. I know a couple of people, a couple of my pals are like, I but it's like yeah, it's it's Vicky Pollard, yeah but with Robbie Nielsen, and that's what it's about. So come on, if you're not still convinced. And it's, it's easy to have conversations like this when we're going through a, a spell where we bounce back from a difficult time. But I want to hear from people who don't think Robbie Nielsen is the answer long term and, and why that is. Because I think that makes just as good a conversation and a debate for other people to listen to as everyone coming on and kumbaya, my lord. So if you're not a Robbie fan, let us know. Why not? And yeah, we can talk why not? And if you are, let us know. If you have anything else you want to, any topic you want to bring up or question you want to ask us, we can have a conversation about, then drop us an email, podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk um, and just let us know if you want to come on the show and we'll come back to you with more details about how that will work. And that will be our next episode next week. So look forward to speaking to some of you and it won't be live. It will still be pre-recorded, so it will then be available for everyone to listen to at their leisure on their usual podcast apps. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Gary Mackay for coming on and chatting to us. Thanks to our sponsors as well, Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs. And we'll be back next time. Thanks for listening. I should have bought you flowers and held your hand. Should have gave you all my hours when I had the chance. Take it to every party Cause all you wanted to do was dance Now my baby's dancing But she's dancing with another man